The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw from last night, especially that amazing match that kicked it all off with your new tag team champions, Raw tag team champions, RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle. Also, we have a sit-down interview with one of the greats of all time for International Women's Day, Gail Kim, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, it actually looks like Randy Orton is having some fun out there. I can tell you for a fact, Randy Orton is having a blast um, before we went to break, I told you basically, you know, not told you, but I said, Hey man, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, investing any time in the women's tag division until they absolutely positively have to, if they have something they want to feature, they'll invest time. If not, it's just kind of like a lot of other things at times with the WWE. It's, you know, it's, it's on the back burner. It's background noise. I'll tell you something they did invest time in last night, the men's tag team division and that was an incredible three-way tag match last night enjoyed it made sense great great stuff the way they went into the finish gable missing the moonsault and orton catching the rko so far that is now neck and neck with the RKO Randy gave to Seth yep. at WrestleMania, the step-up cutter, which I don't even know how to put into words the amount of timing both of those um, moves need. Impeccable timing, split-second, absolute perfection timing. And what we saw from Randy at Seth at Mania with that RKO and what we saw last night with Gable and Randy on that K- RKO perfection absolute perfection and and bully this is where everything comes together and is a great package and all you have to do is look at that 30 minutes of that match to open up monday night raw from last night and that is first of all the commentary uh jimmy smith showing once again that they made the right decision in bringing him in to be the play-by-play announcer jimmy smith kept reminding the audience bully that 
hey, this match means everything because it's not just for the tag titles. It's about going to WrestleMania because the losers may not have an opportunity to be at this year's WrestleMania. He kept saying that, and that added significance and pressure to that match that made you have to watch to see what the outcome was going to be. Even more than the tag titles was the fact that you're punching your ticket to WrestleMania. You just mentioned that RKO, and of all the RKOs that we've seen, that may have been the best one yet. And then you just look at the action and the storytelling. And again, credit to Jimmy Smith. Otis won that match. He had Riddle pinned. He decided to lift Riddle off the mat to add more punishment and humiliation to Riddle. Jimmy Smith did a great job of jumping all over that and was like, man, this is going to come back to bite Otis in the ass. He had to win. You had to win. I mean, Jimmy Smith, not exactly the guy we turn to to tell great stories at the announce table. That's almost like a Jim Ross-esque story. Yes. At announce. Shows you how far Jimmy has come. It really has. And that was just a great match, great implications. And that also shows, Bully, that when the WWE gets invested in something, they know how to do it. We were just talking about they're struggling making stars. Riddle's a star. You know, Chad Gable is turning into a star. Same thing with Otis. Like, we've seen wrestlers in that ring last night where it's like they're at right there, almost at that breakthrough moment to go to that next level. And it is a funny thing, Bully, when you look at the, the, the WrestleMania this year. It's, it's, it's really a mixed bag when you look at it, Bully. Like, you have Edge and AJ Styles. Like you said, you know, obviously not spring chickens with Edge and AJ Styles. Edge is a Hall of Famer. So Edge is, again, that star from the past that you're bringing in to help sell WrestleMania. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Austin Theory is one of those guys, Bully, that we know that the WWE is getting invested in, but he's going up against, you know, I guess you could say a celebrity in Pat McAfee. Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Johnny Knoxville, another celebrity that they're bringing in for WrestleMania. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Ronda's one of those mainstream names that they're bringing in for WrestleMania, uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio going up against the Miz and Logan Paul, Logan Paul, another celebrity that they're bringing in for WrestleMania. They are bringing in not only the celebrities, but those stars from the past bully to sell this year's WrestleMania. And we're still at 56,000 per night. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. If this was one night, it'd be sold out already. There's no question. If it wasn't sold out, it would be close to being a sellout. I, I personally it, it, look look at the firepower you just mentioned. Um, I think the two uh, the two nights is questionable. I'm sure there's a good business reason behind the re, the business of why they did it. Could the remnants of COVID still be out there? Eh, yeah, maybe. Sure. But look, we, we all these rock and roll festivals are selling out like crazy. Uh, college. Bas- college basketball, whatever, all these sporting events, selling out, selling out, selling Dude, out. That so. Coach K, that last Coach K game, I, I, I was seeing reports that people were selling, people were buying tickets for like 20 grand, 30 grand for that last Coach K game. Crazy. People are, uh, people are back out there. I just, I just think it's the two night thing. And you brought up, a, you brought up something in break with the international travel. Yeah. That, you know, yes. could be linked to international travel with COVID still, uh, 
dicey situation. Absolutely. Finances. And WrestleMania is go ahead. No, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Finances, you know, people, you know, we're just coming out of like a two year stretch where a lot of people were out of work and lost that disposable income. That could be a factor as well. Gas at $17 a gallon. Absolutely. It, it, you know, it's a problem. Yep. Um, so without a doubt, finances, th- that's why we're seeing these things like, you know, awesome final push. Uh, we've seen Owens talk shit about uh, Booker T. We've seen Owens talk. I, I, we're getting off right here, but I had some thoughts that, that popped into sure. my head during break. We've seen uh, Owens talk shit about Booker. We've seen him talk about, uh, I think, Sean, JBL, everybody else that's from Texas, right? Yes. The potential's there for them to set up one hell of a segment in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Austin's in the ring. Kevin Owens tries to run away, and there's uh, Shawn Michaels standing there. He tries to run the other direction. JBL standing there, tries to run away here. Booker T standing there, throw him in the ring. Boot stunner, massive Texas beer bash with uh, Shawn and JBL and, and you know, uh, uh, Booker and Steve. What what a fun moment that would create, a la the way they opened up 30 with uh, with Hogan and Steve and Rock. So potential there for some real fun WrestleMania moments. Oh, there there is. And 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 listen, I think when you look at the like you said, the firepower of this WrestleMania, all these celebrities that are gonna be a part of this year's WrestleMania and and, and the WWE is obsessed with those mainstream stars. Their biggest star is their own star, and that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, to me, that trumps everything else that's happening WrestleMania weekend. It does, because I asked you the question about Austin uh, and Owens uh, possibly outshining, at least in a perception way, Brock and Roman. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and, and that's how I feel. And maybe maybe there's people out there that disagree with me, but that's how I feel personally. That trumps anything else that's going to happen that weekend. All right, let's go back out to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go out to Mia in Florida. Hey, Mia, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Great seeing you this past I, weekend in Florida. There. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. It was nice seeing you too. Hopefully, um, Bully and Tommy can come to one in Dallas. Well, I'm... I can guarantee you that you're going to see Bully and Tommy in Dallas. We are still waiting for the final uh, details of our WrestleMania busted open party, but we will be uh, at WrestleMania weekend. We are going to have a bash to end all bashes uh, WrestleMania weekend. Awesome. You guys already touched on the KO thing because I was talking about the ticket sales and you already touched on that, but back to the RK bro thing. Do you think one of them would turn on each other at Mania? And then I'll take my question off the air. I appreciate it. I'm Hi, thanks, Mia. kind of sick, so that's why I sound horrible. <laughs> no, I hope you feel better, Mia. Um, could we see, you know, RK Bro break up at WrestleMania? Well, the WWE is notorious for breaking up teams after they've done whatever they need to do with them. I mean, Randy going out of his way to say he's ha- – what did he say? What was the F word he used again, Dave? A uh, friend. Friend, he 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 has a friend. He's having fun. Everything is rainbows and puppy dog tails with uh, you know, with Randy right now. Woohoo! We're having fun. I'm hanging out with my friend. I'm a happy viper. Yeah, right. <laughs> so sure, the day could come because if Randy ever turned on Riddle, what does that do for Riddle? It propels him into the to the next level because. Whenever you have a talent like Riddle, 
you always need a talent like Orton to take them to the next level. And it may, and it makes sense. I still think this team together has legs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, the TV that they're giving us, you talk about entertaining TV, they're giving us entertaining TV. So I hope bully that this is not the end of this tag team at all. And, and I, if a tag team is going to break up, you need to have a good reason. If, if you're, if somebody's going to turn heel, you need to have a good reason. Like I didn't love edges reason for why he kicked AJ in the balls, but I get it. I, I like some more meat and potatoes as to what's going on in a guy's head that he decides to turn on another man or his partner. Like, when I blasted Devon in the back of the head, it's because Devon covered Chris Saban and Chris Saban kicked out of the 3D and nobody had ever kicked out of the 3D. That's why I was mad at Devon. That's why I turned. That's a meat and potato story. So if, if Randy would ever be able to do it to Riddle, I would want to know why. And maybe Randy said, you made me soft. This is not the Randy Orton I am. I'm, I'm a legend killer. I'm a viper. And you turned me into a garden snake. Hear what's happening around the globe on World of Basketball. Scott Morrison, the coach of Perth. What are the things you took away from Brad Stevens? The other day I was looking for a full court, kind of late clock play. He said, uh, look up 2010 Butler versus Stanford first half. I think we ran this, this, and this. Sure enough, I got on Synergy and found the game. And it was exactly as he, as he described it. New episodes of World of Basketball, hosted by Brad Fraschilla, are released Thursdays on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Gail Kim, join the show. Oh, you look beautiful, Gail. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes, thanks for having me again. It is International Women's Day and, you know, so many things to talk about with you. And Bully and I were just talking about the women's division with Impact Wrestling, a new knockouts champion with Tasha Mm -hmm. Steele. So you have to be proud of that division with Impact right now. Oh, my gosh. I'm just um, it really is because I'm talent relations, too. And Tommy understands from being in Tommy. (laughs) But but I'm wide awake right now. You know when Gail, you have those all nighters. Don't wait. ever confuse me and Tommy again, because I will mafia kick you when I see you, and you will <laughs> sell for me. You sell for nobody else, but you will sell for me, woman. <laughs> because it'll be real. Exactly. <laughs> you know what happened? Sorry, I can't. Now this is going to be bad with my phone. Um, so the last night, you know, when you have those five thirty a.m. flights, so I've got to be at the airport by four thirty. And you end work late. So I never stay up all night. But this past one I did. I'm like, okay, you know what? I might as well just stay up all night. And I slept, I think, for almost 24 hours straight from when I left work to now. (laughs) Just woke up. Um, So, yeah, with the women's division, I am just honestly being talent relations. It's kind of almost like we call it almost babysitting in a sense because got all these kids under us. Um, And with the women especially, they feel like my babies and um, just to see how much they grow as well. Just not even the fact of winning a championship, which is amazing for Tasha. Cause I think this is really her time. Um, just a few like Tasha, Jordan, Grace, there's a few of the girls who I've seen them grow so much from the time that they've come into the company. It, it truly makes me emotional. I think um, one of the few things in life that makes me emotional, right, Bubba? Correct. <laughs> Yes. We don't, there's no crying gal. There's no, crying. no, no crying in wrestling. But Although you, that's you, the only thing that makes me cry. You, you, you said you talked about talent relations and how you're involved with talent relations. And you yeah. look at the other women as your, your baby, so to speak. Yeah. It sounds like you take the, the role more personally than the talent relations job is deemed to be. Why is right. it more personal to you? Um, I think it's a, you have to be able to balance the personal with the business. So I want, I want everyone, honestly, not just the women. I want the men to, you know, the boys to feel comfortable to come talk to me about anything. And, um, you know, whether it's just advice in the wrestling business or how to handle the business in some way. Um, But you do really need to know how to draw that line and you need to know, they need to know where you're going to draw the line. So I think, I I don't have a problem being direct and when they need to know something or if I'm not really happy about something, that's when you got to get really direct. And, um, you know, it's the way you say it and the way you hold yourself. And I think they know where I draw the line of friendship and being management. I think I've been one of the boys. I've been one of the girls. 
I kind of know what they've gone through so I can at least sympathize or empathize a little bit more. Um, you know, I try my best. I'm still learning on my, in my position as well. And I have Delo, who's my, um, we call him my road husband. You know, he has guided me in a lot of ways. He's done this longer than me. So, and from day one, Delo, when he knew I was coming into talent relations, he never, he, the first thing he said to me is, I'm so happy for you. I want everyone to see you as my equal. Never try to, you know, tell me what to do. He just has always guided me in the right direction. That, that's so really been, good yeah. to, to hear. Yeah. What, really so is. that was the most difficult thing because you're such a personable person. You're such a good person and you've been such a mentor for this talent. Is that, has oh. that been the hardest thing about this job is knowing where to draw that line between friendship and management? It hasn't been hard for me. Uh, it might be harder on the other end where they, I think I'm pretty clear though. And you know, that right away, that was kind of a, a weird transition for me because even just retiring and then becoming management, it was weird because I would talk to the girls and I felt like they were my friends and say, well, do you guys look at me, look at me like I'm office or do you look at me like, you know, I'm one of the girls. They're like, oh, you're office, Gail, you're office. <laughs> it's like, okay, now I know how they perceive me and that's great. And um, it was just a little bit of a change and adjustment, adjustment, right? And there's some of the girls who worked in my generation. So, um, you know, like an Alicia Edwards. She came in at the very end and I was still talent and she kind of looked up me up to me in that way, but she knows my personality and she knew what was business scale work scale and what was, you know, outside Gail. And um, yeah, she, and now she's getting mentored and she's helping a lot uh, backstage and learning new roles. And I think it's a, it's good. And now we have Christy Hemi back. I don't know if people know that she's backstage now and working on a lot of things, you know, uh, helping with, some branding stuff and production stuff. And uh, it's great to have the more women in the office, the better Madison rain. Uh, it's becoming uh, a little bit more of a mix as opposed to just a boys club. Right. Yeah. I want to take it from the back to the front, back into the mm -hmm. ring. Uh, spoke yeah. with dreamer last week, asked Dave, his opinion before the match between Tasha Steeles and Mickey James that we just saw. Tasha is now your new impact women's world champion. Do you believe that Tasha defeating Mickey was an upset? Um, no, I, I don't. I personally don't. Uh, I think since, Kira, you know, Fire and Flavor was such a hot tag team at that time. And the momentum of them, it was just like going so well. And then it just kind of got taken away. And I, I, you know, even when Kira left, I could see Tasha kind of, she went back almost like she was new again, in a sense, uh, trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit in here? And what do I do? And she's just found that groove and that confidence. And um, this is her time. I believe this is her time right now. And I've been uh, also encouraging her as best as I can. And so has everyone else, you know, the veterans in the locker room as well, you know, just encouraging her and telling her, that, I mean, she's got so much charisma, you know, for me at one point, I just wanted to see her become more consistent in the ring. And I feel like she's been really doing it and doing all the things she needs to do even outside of the ring, you know, uh, the media appearances and just everything you need to have those skills you need to have as our champion to represent our company. And I think she's doing a great job. I really believe in Tasha and we need to build new stars, right? We need to build new stars and she, she really deserves it. 
Well, there's no mind. better way to build a star than having on a pay-per-view your young upstart you know, challenger beating one of the all-time greats in Mickey James. I mean, that's how you build a star. And I agree with you, Gail, because Tasha's been on our show many times over the years. Mm-hmm. And just to watch her grow and watch her mature, because that could have been devastating with uh, Fire and Flavor breaking up. You know, you know, her and yeah. Kira were a great tag team. And it, I, I agree with you. It's like she got the eye of the tiger after that after that breakup. She really saw herself as a champion, as a singles wrestler. And I think after what we saw on Saturday, it shows. Yeah, and I think, you know, every wrestler wants to show bullies. I keep on calling you Bubba and Bully, but I'm going to call you all of them. Um, you know, Bully's a perfect example. Uh, I did a little bit of tag team wrestling, but not like Bubba. Um, to be able to show that you can be part of a successful tag team and then go off and have success as an individual wrestler, you know, that's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, you get that well-rounded respect from whether it's your peers and the fans and you, you can say, Hey, yeah, I can do it all. You know? And I, I'm going to go after that. She had the knockouts champion, uh, tag team championships twice. And now, you know, she always had that in her head. I remember her talking about it. So, you know, she thought, okay, if Kira ever does come back, she's like, I want to get that title and I want to accomplish that I was knockouts champion. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. If, if Kira ever comes back, you know, they can become a tag team, a tag team again, or who knows, they can feud together. It, it, there's so many possibilities. Uh, Gail, the conversation this morning has been about Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're going to get KO. Kevin Owens called him out last night. We're going to get an announcement from Steve Austin at noon today, whether or not he'll show at WrestleMania. Part of the discussion me and Dave were having was, will this be a match? Will this just be a segment? Does Steve feel healthy enough to get back in a ring? Nobody knows. He had an injury that kept him away. You understand what it's like to have injuries keeping you away. How are you feeling these days, health-wise, injury-wise? I feel good, you know, and when I'm kind of producing in the day and I'm around the ring and I start getting a little physical, just fun stuff, oh, Gail, you're getting the itch, you're getting the itch, you know, and listen, I do miss it. Of course I miss it, but my body is a constant reminder, and it's not even just that. There's just so many factors for me to come out of retirement and do that again. It's like, okay, Do I want my back to get worse? Do I want to take that chance of making it where I do need the back surgery where, you know, my memory has kind of gotten a little bit worse throughout the whole 15, 20 years. And so I'm like, do I really want to make my memory worse too? Who knows what can happen? And I I was very satisfied with my end match and the way that it happened and how many people can close that door and just be happy with that. That's a very rare thing. So for me, it's like, am I willing to mess that up? No matter, you know, how much I miss it, I get satisfaction of being backstage and helping out. What am I going to do to come back? Okay. So I come out and put over another girl. Right. So I just, there's many girls out there. Since the day, since the day you had your last match up into this very moment right now, can you remember the one moment night day that you had the itch really really bad where you had to fight off the urge to lace up your boots one more time i mean it's never gotten that close i've had okay. little or little urges i've never had it where i was like "Ooh, maybe i need to talk this over with my husband and maybe, maybe you know i've never been that close because i've been so satisfied and honestly 
everyone knows, listen, for that match with Tessa Blanchard at the very end, I trained my butt off for two months straight. And when I mean, probably one of the hardest I've ever trained to get my cardio back because I hadn't wrestled for 15 months. Even then, I got blown up in that match. Okay, so you could do all it, the cardio in the world on a on a, yeah. on a pre-core stairmaster. It doesn't replicate what we do in a ring. Not even close. Not even close. So I, I kind of knew that going in. So that was actually my only concern going into that match was, oh man, my cardio. And I told I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to last, but I'm going to try my best. And I was sprinting up sixty flights of hotel stairs like every day, up wow. and down, and doing everything. And I still got blown up. Right. And it wasn't like a crazy pace match. Um, so that would be my main concern. Cause I would never want the fans to see me at anything, but my best. Right. So, and I also noticed, and this is me being, I'm sure you do the same when you watch yourself back in these matches, you are ultra nitpicky and you see all the little things that you used to, used to do. And I, I moved fairly well, but I could tell the difference of, how I moved when I was in my thirties, as opposed to how I moved in that match with Tessa, it was okay. But I could tell that there was something a little off. So in my mind. And, and I felt like that match, like we're talking about with Tasha and Mickey mm -hmm. James, it really took mm -hmm. Tessa to that next level yeah. being in the ring with you. Does, does it bother you though, that the relationship didn't go well from there with Tessa and impact? I mean, more, more, I would say, just, just maybe not well disappointment and a little bit of sadness because I think that Tessa has, I mean, once in a generation talent for sure. I mean, uh, the minute I saw her come into our company and wrestle and witness a couple of things, I was like, okay, I'm coming out of retirement for her right away. I knew a hundred percent, you know, and I always had, um, uh, I've had different types of matches uh, in my whole career. Kong was like the David and Goliath. Taryn was like the stunt woman, but the girl that nobody ever expected anything from. And Tessa was like this ultimate athlete that I had never been able to face an athlete on that level. So it was such different types of opponents that I highlight from my career. And um, yeah, I, listen, years have passed now. It was 2019 since we had that match. And she should be accomplishing big things in this business, in my opinion. Um, so I wish I could see that for her um, because I know that that talent is rare. So, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but, uh, you know, those are ultimately my, bo my bottom line feelings. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Gail, one of the things that has always interested me is the transition for wrestlers uh, from the ring to roles backstage, mm -hmm. whether that's as a producer or uh, as a talent relations. And you do both. Yeah. As you move forward and you mature more in the wrestling industry and able to see things through, obviously, not only the wrestler's eyes, but the office's eyes, the producer's mm -hmm. eyes. What's the one thing that you've learned about yourself being on the other side? Yes, Gail, I know it's a hard question. Just think a little. <laughs> well, that's the, well, there's one thing that has been coming up a lot, and it's not necessarily answering your question. The total difference I'm finding is um, as a wrestler, I had all this freedom and um, in the sense of it's just totally two different jobs, even though it's the same industry. I'm starting all over again in a sense, right? I know the wrestling business, 
but producing is completely different from being in the ring. And so when I was wrestling, I always had a little bit of more freedom to be more vocal, um, to be express myself in the ring creatively or physically or any of those things. So, you know, and obviously my husband is uh, a food network chef. So, you know, when I would, everyone knows I'm pretty, or I used to be pretty vocal. And so Robert would be like, okay, Gail, you know, there's people watching you that, you know, I work with, you got to be a little careful. And I'm like, well, I'm a wrestler. I'll keep it careful, but I can say whatever I want. Now I'm management. I can't say whatever I want. I'm now I'm like being watched all over the place. And um, so I feel a little bit uh, restrained sometimes because I don't have that outlet in the ring. And then I'm like, where's my outlet? Where's my outlet? Vocally, physically, everywhere, you know? So I feel- Do you mean, when you when you talk about being vocal and like your husband mm-hmm. saying, maybe you shouldn't say, are you talking about the wrestling industry or things outside of the wrestling industry? Anything, okay. anything. Okay. So now I actually probably had, I don't know. It's just like everything just kind of trapped me now in a sense, even though I don't feel necessarily trapped. I just feel like sometimes I need an outlet to- scream or say an opinion but i think a lot of people these days feel like they can't say an opinion regardless so what are your outlets these days i don't have any that's what i'm saying so, so when you're, you're like a caged yeah. animal that's why you need to wrestle again <gasps> no i don't know about that come on intergender I, I would, tag team we'll just call ourselves the bullies <laughs> and out politic everybody <laughs> this could work this could work of course it's gonna work yeah so it's interesting you know as you go on in life and now you know we're talking about on our last night of work this week about how there's work gale and then there's fun gale and then you know there's different types of gale and um yeah i just sometimes wish i could have that outlet to be performing again yeah that why was... don't you why don't you go like the bully route like do a podcast be a part of the media or something like that uh you know podcasts i feel like everyone does the podcast right and so i like a couple of them i like i like i love going on busted open and i love the girls that did the god tv they're all fun they're all my friends obviously right but there's a couple of people that i like to listen to but i feel like there's a lot and i'm not gonna lie you know my day-to-day job um with talent relations is a lot of work at home as well. And so I don't, then I have my time with my husband and yes, I'd be willing to divide a little bit of time to give me an outlet and to give me something else, but I don't, I want to be passionate about it ultimately because I'm so passionate about my other jobs, the wrestling in the ring and outside of it, I want to be just as passionate or else I won't put my heart into it. Right. So Gail, being in talent relations, what do you what do you think is different about the position today as maybe when you were wrestling and you had to deal with talent relations in in TNA back in the day? Who is talent? I'm trying to remember who is like Terry, Terry, Terry Taylor. Terry, oh, you know Who's what? Though, Terry, yeah. OK, Terry Taylor. I had great relationships with both of them. Uh, Terry Taylor was one of those guys I started out in the Indies with. So I always felt like him and Scott were almost like big brothers or dad like figures. So I always felt comfortable. And I think that's the main thing is that you want the talent to feel comfortable, right? To be able to approach you. And you never want to base your uh, job or role on 
you don't want to fear-based things, you know, you don't want talent to be scared. And we are such a laid back company, but sometimes I'll have the talent saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm bothering you. I'm sorry, I'm bothering you. And I'll say, no, this is my job. You're not bothering me at all. So no matter, you know, what it is, just come. I don't want you to feel like you can't come to me. So I am pretty much on call almost 24 seven most of the time. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's okay with me. I like it. I think I have the right personality for the job because I don't mind being direct, but I also am one of those producers as well. If I'm going to critique you, I'm going to give you a positive as well. I don't like people to feel like crap, right? So I want them to learn more than anything. And um, yeah, just be open-minded. If you think about the job title and you take it literally, it's talent relations, how you as an office person relate to the talent. And we always think about how we like to be treated by office people as talent. And you always have to keep that in mind. So just listening to you speak, I can, and knowing your personality, I can almost see how you go about this, which I think is a real happy balance between the two. Yeah, I think it is. I, um, and, and if they're not, and I've always said to them, for example, we had one thing where I talked to the girls only privately. And I said, Hey, if you're not comfortable coming to talk to me, we have other veterans in the locker room who are there. And if you feel more comfortable to talk to them, go for it. Mickey James, uh, Madison, you know, and Lish has kind of stepped up a little bit too, and doing a lot of organ. If you feel more comfortable to talk to someone else, I'm okay with that. I never want you to feel uh, uncomfortable. And Delo too, you know, he's pretty approachable too. So uh, everyone's pretty laid back, which is nice. And we never want people to feel paranoid or scared, which is a very common emotion in our business. <clears throat> so we try our best to make everyone feel as positive as possible so they can thrive in our environment. Uh, Gail, I don't mean to bother you, but I do have one more question. Uh- <laughs> Um, well, now uh, you're it, a bother. <laughs> it is. It is International Women's Day. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the progression of women's wrestling? Let's say over the last five years. I'm really happy. I feel like it took a while. You know, from the time of I can't remember when I was begging, 2005, maybe around there, 2006. Um, now I feel like we just had four matches on our pay per view this past week. Um, and I feel like even WWE and AEW are stepping up a little bit, right? Um, well, WWE has been pretty good with the ladies for a while now. And I know Tony's kind of punch, uh, bumping it up on AEW too as well. So that's great. And, you know, we just had Deanna and Mickey at the pay-per-view a couple months ago, main event, the pay-per-view for the first time. And, you know, when I heard that news, I called up Deanna and Mickey and I was like, oh my God, guys, this is so exciting this is the first time I'm actually surprised it's taken us this long to main event a pay-per-view. Um, but I think it's going in the right direction. The next thing is all equal pay. <laughs> That's for me, you know, um, cause that was something that for me personally, that I kind of struggled with. I've talked to Bubba about it, <laughs> who has he's tried to talk me off the ledge a couple of times and made me feel better about the situation. But uh, those are things that I would like to see happen in the future. And that's kind of a taboo subject anyways. We don't talk amongst ourselves about money and pay too much, but um, I I would like to see that. It's a real double-edged sword when it comes to talking to one another about pay, 
because yeah. it, it, it breeds jealousy immediately. And jealousy mm-hmm. in the wrestling business r- either ran rampant or at one time or still runs rampant. Plus, it was a way for the promoters to keep the boys, you know, apart. You know, yeah. don't don't talk about your pay because we don't want you to know what somebody else is is making. The way I look at it is so. So, Gail, like if you look at it like this, um, if uh, if uh, Austin Theory is fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania, does Austin Theory deserve the same amount of money as The Undertaker for that match? Right. No. So it's kind of like, how do we have the conversation about with about equal pay when there's such different levels in the business? But I do believe that if Gail Kim is working the main event uh, or the co-main event of a pay-per-view, she should be making equal pay to the man who's make who's yes. co-headlining the pay-per-view. Oh, that I, I I agree with you. That and is more here's the difference, that, Gail. Here's the difference. You proved that you deserve to make the same amount. And right. to me, Unless you can do what a Gail Kim has done, what a Charlotte Flair has done, then maybe you're not entitled to that top payday unless you get yourself over and deserve to be uh, earn that place in the main event. And that I totally agree with you on. 100%. That's exactly what I was saying. I didn't mean it as in a taker and Austin Theory being in the same match in the same position on the card. I don't mean it in that. I mean it in terms of, yeah, your value towards the company. Right. Well, I, th- I think a good example of that would be this year's WrestleMania, right? Night number two, yeah. the main event is Roman and Brock. Night number one, it's Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. I would, I would, I would guess I could be completely wrong that the money has to be similar in, for those two matches and those four people performing, right? Uh, it's, I don't it's, know. It, it's based on downside, Dave. This is where. This is where if you're talking about a bonus, like if there's a WrestleMania bonus, then yes, Mm -hmm. I believe people in the main event, male, female should get equal bonus. But if one guy or gal's downside is through the roof, as opposed to the others, then it's not going to be equal because it's a completely different contract structure. Interesting. Okay. I get that. So I mean, I don't know. And I hope it works out that way, but I could possibly in my gut see Roman and Brock getting paid much more. Maybe double, if not more. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, yeah. I, this. this not we wrong. may have to have. We may have to have a deeper discussion one day about this. Yeah, right? That seems completely wrong. If that's the yeah. case, but but Gail, well, that's what I'm hoping for for the future, right? Yeah. But ab- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Gail, thank you for everything that you've given to, to wrestling. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.